book there. Dear brothers and sisters, you know, as we gather here today in different parts of the world, uh, my heart goes out to each and every one of you. Uh, we all find ourselves uh, in a different environment today than we did a few weeks back, an environment which has uh, changed dramatically for us, a change uh, in anyone's life is not easy to deal with. And this has been a great change for all of us. You know, gone are the times when we could uh, roam freely wherever we wanted. Uh, we were out of our houses, whether we did some sports or we went out for entertainment or we went out for shopping. But today, uh, the environment is such that we've all been asked to stay at home in isolation. And as we find ourselves in this state, um, it's a new state for us. And so we need to make the best use of this uh, situation. We all want to be healthy, and none of us wants to catch uh, a virus or a disease, uh, which could be creating troubles for ourselves and also for our loved ones who we live with and those that we meet. So. Isolation seemed like the best time, uh, best thing to do during these times. And as we sit at home, and and there are many that uh, might be going out, because they're the ones who um, whose help is needed, whether they're in the medical arenas or providing food or the basic amenities of life. So there are some people who have to go out. Uh, others have been asked to stay in isolation. And so those who are staying in isolation and those who are staying home, um, as we work from home, whatever we can do online, uh, we spend our time in that arena. But then it looks like we have a lot of time on our hands and we need to use this time for the best purpose. And then start to think about how to use our time. Uh, many people start to do home cleaning. You know, we've all been asked to disinfect our homes, we've been asked to wash our hands many times a day, at least for 20 seconds, every time we wash our hands. Uh, we've been asked to uh, clean everything in the house. And so there's a lot of cleaning that is going on. And as we disinfect our homes, also uh, one starts to then look at those objects in the house which we've never been able to get to. You know, all of us have piles and piles and piles of things that we are unable uh, to work on. And so, uh, as we uh, look at the situation, uh, there are many people who are using this time to organize, to be able to look at materials which we haven't been able to look at, to see if it is useful, then keep it. If it's not, then we can throw it out. And then uh, to be able to uh, make sure that uh, our house is well organized and is spick and span. Many people talk about um, this saying that cleanliness is next to godliness. And so cleaning our environment, cleaning the facility, uh, which is something that um, 
we all should be doing is something that we could not get to because of the uh, activities that we were involved in has now become paramount in our lives. And as we start to clean our homes, uh, we get to a state where we start to think about what else needs to be cleaned. You know, our homes and our houses and our apartments are places where we live. Uh, is what gives us shelter. Yeah. It gives shelter to the physical body, but the physical body is only a part of us. There's much more to us. With the physical body is our mind and our intelligence, and with that is our soul. And so as we start to think about um, house cleaning, uh, we then get to a state where we start to think about cleaning our soul. The home of our soul is this human body. The soul resides in the human body. The soul is what gives it life. And, and as we start to think of ways and means by which the soul can be cleansed, we then start to figure out ways by which we can experience the soul. So in the house, we can experience cabinets, we can experience files, we can experience papers, uh, we can experience objects, and, and when dirt and grime gets on it, then we have a mechanism by which we clean them. But how do we experience our soul? Right now, we live at the level of our outer senses, and through so that we only experience that what is made of matter. And so, to be able to experience our soul, we need to rise above physical body consciousness. You know, we operate on two currents in the human body. One are the motor currents, and those are the currents through which our physical body surveys. You know, we have five chakras in the human body. Uh, the body is created, it's sustained, and finally, when the breathing stops or the heartbeat stops, the person is physically dead. And so these, there are currents which keep this body alive. And we also have what are called the sensory currents. And those are the currents uh, through which our senses operate, our sense of sight, our sense of hearing, our sense of smell, our sense of taste and sense of touch. And through the senses, our attention, which is the outer expression of our soul, goes out of the human body and then is going into the world outside. And so whatever is made of matter on the outside is what we experience. And, and as we start to focus on these two areas, we find that many people try to focus on one of the chakras, they bring their attention to, let's say, the navel chakra or another chakra, and then they try to uh, see if they can experience something beyond the body. And as they go from one chakra to the next, to the next, to the next, uh, it's a very long and a tedious process. Uh, the saints in the Sanma tradition uh, tell us that between and behind the eyebrows is this spot called the single eye, the third eye, the Shiv Netra, the Dasmadwar. And as we focus our attention there, then we can collect our sensory currents there because the soul, when it leaves the body, 
leaves it from the seat of the soul, the single or the third eye. So we let the physical body work normally. You know, every day uh, as we get up and we take a shower and we get dressed up and we have breakfast and then we go to uh, work or not, not these days we're working from home or we are involved in any activities, we don't worry about how our breathing is coming. We don't worry about how our heart is beating. It just, that system just keeps on going on. And we keep on doing whatever we have to do. So the saints in the Sanman tradition tell us that when we meditate, let us not change this system of motor currents, which is keeping this body physically alive. Instead, let us work with the sensory currents. And let's withdraw these sensory currents from the world outside and focus them within ourselves. And as we would, as we would take the sensory currents and as we would focus them within, what happened is that these sensory currents will start to collect from the feet to uh, the legs to the middle torso and they'll collect here at the seat of the soul. And as they collect here at the seat of the soul, all of a sudden in front of us, in the darkness, light will sprout forth. Light which is the divine light of God, light which is nourishing to the soul, light which is very loving and light which when we experience it, it, it puts us in a state of bliss which is lasting for long periods after we are out of that meditative state. And as we experience the light within, the connection with the divine light is what helps get the grime and the dirt which has been collecting on our soul off. And as we realize ourselves as soul, as we experience the divine light, the realization that the presence of God is within our set sin. You know, all scriptures talk about the light and sound being the two primal manifestations of God, whether we call it the creative power, whether we call it the Shabd or the Naam or the Holy Word or the divine light and sound of God. And this is the divine power which brought all creation into being. And as, as we start to experience this power within ourselves, then the reality of our existence sets in. And as that sets in, we realize that, that God is not on the outside. God is within each and every one of us. And then the realization sets in that everyone else that we meet, whether we know them or not, has also has a part of God in them. And so the, the love from us starts to flow out to everyone else. And then that is what starts to create the environment uh, which is loving and caring. As that happens, then we realize that God could be in the form of a human being, God could be in the form of an animal or a bird or a fish or any other living form. And it's the experience of the divine light within ourselves which makes us experience ourselves as we truly are. And as life goes on, with us experiencing the divine light of God, we find joy in our life, we find happiness in our life, and, and it is then that we realize that we're all part of the same family of God.
God has many ways through which God works in our life. God is always extending a helping hand to us. Even though this time might look very difficult to us, but let us all remember that the hand of the Lord is there to help support us. God is always there to take care of our difficulties. And then this time shall pass too, and states of happiness and joy will come into our life. And so as, as we start to, to make good use of this time, what is important is to realize the connectedness that we all have. Because it is then that our life would be lived peacefully and calmly. Otherwise, what happens is that our ego overpowers us. Our ego makes us think of ourselves as being different than someone else. And so then when we think of ourselves as being different than someone else, then we want to be better and we become competitive. And as we start to uh, think of ourselves like that, then we start to look, upon, look down upon those who we think are not our equals. And, and then, because we are thinking of ourselves as being the correct person, anything that happens contrary to what our expectations are, we get angry. And as we get angry, then we throw all kinds of arrows out in all directions towards the people that we are angry at. And then all other kinds of difficulties come in. It's the ego which makes us very selfish. And because selfishness is one that is going to want us to be able to get everything for ourselves. For us to be able to clean the innermost chambers of our heart, for us to be able to cleanse this body, uh, we need to lead a life which is ethical. Tulsi Sava very beautifully talked about this. He says, clean the innermost chamber of a heart if you want to experience God. God is within you. You need to take your attention from the world outside. So what we do is we keep our attention on the world outside because we live at the level of our physical senses. We need to withdraw that. We need to go within ourselves. And as we connect with the divine power within, then uh, we'll find vistas and vistas of divine light and soul within ourselves, which will cleanse our heart. And, and as we lead a life that is ethical, in which we are loving and we are caring, as we introspect and, and take a look at ourselves very carefully, so as we, as we track how uh, we are leading a life, are we becoming more loving? Are we becoming more caring? Are we curbing our ego? Are we uh, leading lives which are truthful, lives which are uh, non-violent? These are the things that we need to focus on because this is an ethical base that we need for our future practices to go on. And also, as we realize that we are all one and the same, uh, we will come to the conclusion that this opportunity that God has given us is to be loving and caring. This opportunity that God has given us is to truly know ourselves. This opportunity that God has given us to be in the human body is to know God. And, and so self-realization, which is to know ourselves, and God-realization, which is to have a soul merging God, are the directions where our attention would be going. 
And as we go in that direction, then the very purpose for which we have come into this world would be fulfilled. You know, God the Creator uh, is not like in any form. We can't give any form to God, even though we as human beings uh, have, have called God by all kinds of names and all kinds of forms. The saints tell us that God is in each and every one of us. Uh, there's an interesting example uh, which, which shows how uh, we have to find God in, in everyone. Uh, there was a family and every day when the family got together, the father of the family uh, read a prayer. He would pray that everyone be healthy and he would pray that, uh, pray to God uh, and thank God for the food on the table. And then before he would end the prayer, he would always pray to God to come join them for dinner with the family. And so there was a young son in the family, so he heard his father every day, every day, every day at the end of the prayer asking God to come and join us. And so one day he asked his father, he says, every day you pray to God and you ask God to come for dinner with us, but God never comes. So why do you keep on praying? So the father was a little perplexed how to answer him. And he said, you know, we pray to God and it's God's own will, whenever God feels at the right time, God will come. So then the little son had another question. He said, Dad, if you want God to come in and have dinner with us, he never set a plate for him. He don't set up any place where God can come and, come, come and sit. So the father started saying, and he said, okay. So he went out there, brought a plate, and he brought good cutlery and spoons and forks, and he set up a place. And <clears throat> for God to come. And as soon as he was done, there was a knock on the door. So young boy is very excited. He says, oh, God came because we set up a place for him. And he goes there to the door and opens the door. And he opens the door and he sees a homeless child standing in front of him. And so he thinks to himself, he says, God was supposed to come. And then he thinks to himself, and he thinks, oh, God maybe was very busy, so he sends this child here to come. So very smilingly, he says, oh, come on in, come on in, bring the child, puts it on the seat they had set for God. And it was then that the child realized that God could come in any form. So when we meet someone, let us meet them lovingly. Let us extend uh, a helping hand to others. Uh, today we could be in our own homes and, and we can help all humanity by staying healthy and staying in our home. Uh, we can help the people in our family that we are living with. Uh, and with time, uh, we can also extend our help to others who we come in contact with. Some of us might have physical uh, skills, some of us might have uh, mental skills, some of us might, might be emotionally very strong. And there are many people who need help. And, and, and in this day and age, a lot of help can be uh, provided online too. So we can use what God has bestowed on us and the skills that God has given us so that we can help the environment. And, and as, as we start to make an ethical base and as we start to learn the techniques of withdrawing our 
sensory currents and the seat of the soul, then we'll find that there's light at the end of the tunnel, there's light within ourselves, and, and times of happiness and joy are not far away. The process of withdrawing our sensory currents uh, is a meditative process. And as we learn those techniques, then we are able to enjoy the bounties within ourselves. So I want to leave you with a very simple meditation. We call it SOS meditation. So please sit as comfortably as you can. You can sit on the ground, you can sit on a chair, you can sit on the sofa. Uh, this is purely spiritual practices, so our position does not matter. Uh, make sure the environment is calm so that your sense of hearing is withdrawn easily. Close your eyes very gently, just like you close them when you go to sleep. Just like this. Your, your eyeballs should be straight, focus 8 or 10 inches in front of you. And as you close your eyes, those of you who have been initiating the mysteries of the beyond, please do your simran. And those of you who are new here, please repeat any name of God that you feel comfortable with. If you don't believe in God, you can repeat any name which is calming or loving or peaceful to you. Keep your attention right in the front of you. With time, in the darkness that you are experiencing, you will experience light. Flashes of light, circles of lights, lights of various colors. What is actually happening is that the light of God is not coming from the outside. The light of God is within each and every one of you. When you are concentrated, you experience the light. When you are distracted, you experience darkness. And so with time, as your concentration gets more and more and more, you experience the light more and more and more. To you, they seem like the lights have stabilized and you have many, many other vistas that open up for you. So it is my prayer to God Almighty and to the three great masses of the past century, Hazur Baba Savan Singh Ji Maharaj, Param Santipal Singh Ji Maharaj, and the gracious master Sandarshan Singh Ji Maharaj, to help each and every one of us connect with the divine power within and to experience the divine light of God within ourselves. I'll be getting you out of this meditative uh, state uh, in a little while, and my best wishes are with each and every one of you.